I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson. It's great to be with you today. And we're broadcasting live today from Larry H. Miller Megaplex at Valley Fair Mall. And uh, this is the day to get vaxxed. This is your opportunity. No appointments necessary. Uh, free clinic here with our friends from uh, Nomi Health. Uh, and also uh, Real Salt Lake is partnering with us. And uh, if you've got the little ones around, Leo the Lion's going to come to uh, the Megaplex here, Larry H. Miller at Valley Fair from 7 to 8 tonight. So you can come in, get vaccinated, have a little fun uh, with our friends from Real Salt Lake and Leo the Lion. Uh, And this is a great opportunity for all of us. If you've been hesitating or you've been waiting for any reason, whether it's schedule reasons or just uncertainty, uh, today's the day to uh, link arms with everyone else in the community. Step forward, take your shot, uh, and help us all move forward as a community. One of the things we've been talking about uh, over the past week uh, is child care. We talked to Utah Senator Mitt Romney uh, yesterday and uh, looking at all the different reasons uh, we need uh, child care and then who should be in charge of those dollars and decisions, where that should be made, whether that's from the government or whether that's uh, families making those decisions. But one of the interesting challenges we face here in the state of Utah is a shortage of child care options. And uh, really pleased to have joining us on the line today, Johnny Anderson, uh, who's the president and CEO of ABC Great Beginnings. Uh, Johnny, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Wonderful. So uh, you're one of those uh, organizations who's been looking to expand and uh, have dealt with some of the challenges we're, we're finding amazingly that the regulatory issues seem to be one of the biggest hurdles uh, for getting more options, more opportunities out there as it relates to child care. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, when I spoke at the uh, Economic Development Workforce Services Committee earlier this week, um, one of the things I brought up was the challenges of uh, building new child care centers. Uh, we've got a, you know, a lot of areas in this state that have experienced tremendous growth, a lot of new rooftops, and so... Uh, those are areas that that are you know what we're calling child care deserts, where there isn't you know enough child care available to the families. And so, you know, as as providers or or small business people who are interested in investing in increasing that capacity, um, when you get you know to looking at a piece of ground or purchasing a piece of ground and start going through the uh, the process of of getting permits, um, it's tough. It's, it's tough and very expensive and so tough and so expensive that, that a number of people have, have gone in, you know, looked at get putting a piece of ground under contract and they get to the city level and say, forget it. It's just too hard. So, Yeah, and, and so many have been uh, caught in that trap of the, of the regula- regulations, whether that's city or county uh, permitting and, and councils and so on. Uh, you you had that experience in terms of you know finding that property or thinking okay this is how we can we can expand uh, only to find uh, spending just a lot of time waiting a lot of time where you're still racking up costs uh, and interest payments along the way uh, but still not being able to move forward and actually create your facility. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we purchased a piece of property in a city here. Uh, it took it took around 18 months to finally get to the point that we could have a building permit and start uh, start construction, and it was. It was a saga. As I mentioned in that committee, most, most people that end up investing in uh, child care centers are small business people. A lot of them are, right. it's their first time attempting, um, you know, opening a small business. They've worked in the industry. They, you know, uh, maybe had moved up to management in, a, in an early childhood program and decide they want to, you know, take the risk. And, uh, and, and, and small business people have to you know, you got to go to the bank to get a loan to do something like this. And right. it is very difficult anymore for cities to require you to put in city infrastructure when you're building a facility. Uh, in this particular one, they required us to bury the power lines that were running across the property. And these things, in that case, all of the requirements that the city had um, for us to fall were, were upwards of three, dollars $350,000, $400,000 that we had to wow. invest. And banks will not loan you that money. Banks loan you money based on an appraisal, and appraisers do not give value for city infrastructure that you have to install on your property because they're only valuing the property that's marketable later on. And so that, that's, that's cash money that an investor, you know, and again, I'm talking about people who it's their first time out doing this kind of thing. It's additional cash on top of the down payment that they need, and they just don't have it. So yeah. it, it makes it very difficult. I, I told the committee, look, if we want to just have large companies like mine, you know, larger companies like mine, uh, be able to do this or, or have government be the ones who, who expand child care, then leave things the way they are because it is, it is almost impossible for, you know, an average person who saved up money over their life, maybe borrowed from family to get what they thought would be uh, sufficient down payment to open up, uh, you know, build and open up a child care program, only to find out that they needed twice that just to ma- meet what the city required. Yeah, uh, fascinating stuff. And, uh, again, the, those regulatory hurdles, uh, we know there is a need for child care. We know there's a need for high-quality uh, child care here in the state of Utah. And, uh, Johnny, we appreciate you joining us, sharing that story today. Uh, some really fascinating perspective. Uh, but thanks for uh, dropping in uh, for KSL News well, Radio. Have a good one. All right. Uh, and, again, as, as I look at that, uh, of course, there's been a lot of discussion of late. Uh, the Biden administration, of, of course, is within their America Families Plan, uh, are looking at uh, different amounts of money uh, for families, for child care in particular. And all of those things I think we need to look at and make sure that uh, as many of those as possible are being pushed to the local level uh, rather than things being done at the national level. Uh, the things that Johnny was talking about, uh, a lot of those are local issues in terms of regulation and really discouraging many people from getting into the business and expanding that capacity here in the state that is so clearly needed. We heard from Utah's Capitol Hill yesterday uh, a number of experts weighed in in terms of just what the need is. Uh, Susan Madsen, the director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project, uh, talked about the, the numbers. Uh, I believe it was 66% uh, of women in the work, workforce have children between 1 and 6. And uh, so those are our numbers where there is clearly a need. And uh, many families coming out of the pandemic, of course, are trying to make ends meet, trying to get things jump-started a little bit in terms of the economics of it all. Uh, and so making sure we clear the regulatory hurdles, 
that we don't need uh, because often with regulation, the one thing you, you learn about regulation is whenever you have one, uh, it grows, it expands, it gets bigger, it gets more complicated. And the interesting thing to me is a lot of times people who complain about those regulations early when they're just starting out ended up being okay with them you know, once they were big because then they could hire a, an army of lawyers and lobbyists uh, to do it and suddenly it becomes a barrier to competition entering the marketplace. And so as we look at the, the role of the federal government uh, in all of this, uh, we need to make sure that we're keeping regulations to the right point do the things that need to be done, but we've got to create space for the market to thrive. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. One more hour to come on a special Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio, live from Larry H. Miller Megaplex Valley Fairmark. Come get your vaccination today. No appointment needed. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives the realities of grief and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.